Prepare your heart to be moved by God through the preaching and teaching of His Word as delivered at Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. Go for the Gold is our series. And today I want to kind of teach, preach the way I feel it in my spirit. It's a little different, um, um, which is quite often. But Mark, the eighth chapter, is my main focus of verses. But I'm going to refer to other verses and give you other verses to read as I focus on my what God has given me to this morning. So Mark the 8th chapter, verse 22 to 25, I read those verses, and then I'm going to kind of back up and then go forward um, into some other things, and we'll end on Mark the 8th chapter, verse 22 through 25. Mark 8th chapter, verse 22 to 25. I'm going to be teaching and preaching for the subject, the expectation to produce good fruit. The expectation to produce good fruit. All right, under the series, Go for the Gold, there is an expectation to produce good fruit. Mark, here we go. Mark uh, 8, chapter, verse 22. It says, and he cometh to Bethsaida. All right, that's Jesus. And they bring a blind man unto him and besought him to touch him. Jesus, we need you to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town, out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. Those are those, those, that's our base scripture that I wanted to use as a foundation for the sermon this morning, the expectation to produce good fruit. Uh, the Bible records and start out with these strong principles and themes in the book of Genesis. It starts out with this uh, strong thing that God establishes his nature. His nature as God Almighty in creation, he establishes who he is. He first uses the words, in the beginning, is, it is, the words are used, uh, in the beginning, God created. He established that not only is he God, this God, but he's a God who creates. He is a creator. He is creative. He creates. He begins to establish his nature. And right then, he begins to speak as a part of his nature to create. He uses his mouth, not just his mind, where there is imagination of thoughts, the formulation of things, the formulation of ideas and strategy. He gets it out of his mind and into atmospheres by speaking. And it says, and God said. And it goes through a series in Genesis 1 about what God says, all right, and how he uses his creative ability. And a part of his creative ability, he creates he creates trees that are fruit bearing trees and plants that are carry seeds. And so these plants he create he creates and fruit he creates all of them have seed after its own kind. Meaning he creates it to not stop. He creates it that he will continue to see whatever he creates because inside what he creates he puts the nature or the DNA to reproduce. 
or to bear fruit. He concludes this creative five-day creation of external things, surroundings, and atmosphere. And on the sixth day, he creates his prize possession, the thing that is higher above every other thing in creation. He creates man on the sixth day. It's his prize possession. It's how him as a masterful God shows love. He doesn't bring Adam in on the second day. He doesn't bring him in on the second day. He doesn't bring Adam in on the third day or the fourth day. He waits to the sixth day, the day he made man. It means that he creates an environment that is conducive for the thing that he creates to live in. So even in creation, we see how he produces in order, in righteousness, that he doesn't put Adam um, before his time that he's going to have to struggle to what to do uh, with these crops, what to do with this water that's everywhere but he separates the waters he puts vegetation and everything and creates an environment for his masterpiece to thrive it shows us that this creative God wants you and I to thrive he creates atmospheres for us to thrive and then he tests um, the, the image of what's in Adam by bringing the animals to Adam and he tests if that six day creation is superior to all the other creation by saying this now he says I bring the animals to you Adam name them and Adam began to name the animals and so there's no animal with the name that came from God every animal has a name that came from man and it shows that God makes man with authority and with power and with an image or a picture of himself on the inside this is God establishing creation and he also concludes this masterful creation by telling man in Genesis 1 26 and 28 he says to man as he makes man our own image and, and likeness he says these words and let this man this this human have dominion under then underline that dominion over the fish of the sea over the fowl of the air the birds over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth and so notice the key word for the state of how man should live is dominion over underlined it I'm teaching preaching dominion over dominion over everything else in the earth the way we you and I are supposed to function is that things that were made before us is not to be over us we're supposed to be over it it also means he has delegated man to be a project manager or a resource manager of what he's created he gave us dominion to be over it it means that he now wants us to be skillful in what he's given us on how to live in this world I want you to see that foundation how you and I were made because sometime after living this life we get lost in what the image of God really looks like so I wanted to go to the beginning life will sometimes get you off course detour that you forget what God wanted out of you you forget what God God said you could do so we wanted to go back to Genesis to lay foundation that the creator made you with authority of power and with skills to manage in the earth all right and so I believe our breakthrough and I want you to under, under, write this down your breakthrough is somewhere between how you manage your resources and your skills your breakthrough is somewhere in between how you manage your resources
resources and your skill. So if you can start paying attention to the resources and skills you have and start to capitalize on what God is giving you, your breakthrough is somewhere between. I remember being on a boat going to a cruise on to Mexico and during that free time, I really heard the Lord so clearly and told, told me that my prosperity is in my creativity. I never forget it. He says, my, your prosperity in your, don't start looking for nothing else. If you want to prosper, Joe, talking to me, he said, just think about your creativity. Your prosperity is in your creativity. And I've never forgotten it until this day. I remember that if I ever get in a jam, what can I think of do that causes me to prosper? And God wants us to remember that somewhere between how we use our skill ingenuity where we find prosperity and breakthrough you have been created with authority and power all right john the 15th chapter and i'm gonna do some reading here to lay some foundation john 15 verse 5 through 8 says this it says jesus says i am the vine ye are branches it means i run through you vines uh, like vessels inside your body blood vessels uh, that carry nutrients jesus says i am the vine i fund you i support you i send you strength ye are my branches you are an extension of me you make me look good. I fund you. I sponsor you. And then you extend out to the world and show people who I am. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. He says, look, if you will stay connected to me, live in me, it means abide, fellowship, pray, worship talk to me if you commune with me all right and i in him i live in you you live in me you will be the person that bringeth forth much fruit i want to declare that god want you and i to be fruitful and not just fruitful he said much fruit and so it puts an expectation on our lives that our lives are not supposed to be barren declare it i am not supposed to be barren i am supposed to be fruitful not just fruitful but let's see what the word says it says i'm supposed to bring forth much fruit there's an expectation that he says if you're connected to to me you abide in me I will fund you and sponsor you to produce much fruit it's really pushing me these verses are really pushing me past my mediocrity pushing me past my limitations pushing me past what other people think or think I cannot do or say or believe what I cannot do is telling me through scripture come on can we believe the word of God you ought to bring forth much fruit if you're an extension of him you ought to bring forth much fruit for without me you can do nothing all right so that's the bottom line you can't do nothing without me verse six if any man abide not in me listen to this he is cast forth as a branch and is withered Jesus said, if you don't abide in me, he is cast forth as a branch. Now, I know that we look for everybody to be in our corner, everybody to be on our side, everybody to be on our team. Jesus and God, the way they run in a little different. They invite us in. They invite us into prosperity. They invite us into breakthrough. They invite us into transformation. But guess what? If you come in and you don't want to do what they want to say, how he want to function, um, he don't just keep you under all, all regards. Now, I know people think that but it's very clear he say if you don't abide not in me he has cast you forth jesus will reject people jesus will reject 
attitudes. Jesus, come on. Jesus will. It's right there in the scripture. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth cast forth as a branch and is withered. The men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If ye abide in me, but you stay with me, my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. This is the life we're going for. You shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. I believe God's going to do just what you ask if you abide. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. It gives God God pleasure to see you prosper to see you grow to see you whole to see you able to think resolve things uh, have solutions your family is blessed come on you're not living from paycheck to paycheck come on as much you're able to prosper in your mind he'll deliver you come on I need some of y'all to jump on this type of word and start and believe God that you ain't gonna be living from paycheck to paycheck that you're gonna have a barn which is a state or was a, a savings account you will have a barn that take care of you you will have some extra stuff that live in the overflow Come on, we're here now. We're, Jesus hadn't delayed his coming. We're still in the earth. We have an opportunity to, to grow and to prosper into the blessings of the Lord, the covenants of Abraham. We have a chance to maximize his glory. Come on. And he is glorified when you bear much fruit. When you when you start bearing fruit, you want to talk about a praise. I ain't talking about a praise with clapping your hands. I'm talking about when your life is looking like God is prospering you. He said, I'm pleased with you. When you start bearing much fruit, he says, I'm pleased, so shall ye be my disciples. I want you to see this. I'm trying to get you to the expectation of what it is to have the fruit in your life. Uh, this thing is so powerful uh, in the book of John. It also basically says that he will purge us. Anything that bears not fruit, if it don't bear fruit, the book of John talks about that. He said, if you bear not fruit, he'll trim you back. But even if you do bear fruit, he'll cut you anyway. Because he understands the more he trims us, he disciplines us, the more it excites us or catalyzes for us to grow. All right? And so we're going to always going through changes, trials, and discipline. No matter if we're fruitful in the past season, he will trim us back so that we never stop growing. All right, if you know anything uh, about anything you plant in the ground uh, trimming it back it may not look as beautiful for that season but if you trim it the trimming actually causes it to keep on growing it actually begins to ignite everything that's within it to say hey something's going on within you you need to produce again and it makes it grow again and Jesus knows what we need to grow and so sometime in our life he cuts us back he trims us back he cut off certain climates environments certain things and even certain things we thought were good he'll even bring to an end to make us grow grow make us depend upon it come on come on even when we have fruit he'll cut us back so it's not that you always got to be doing something wrong to be brought back don't be confused in your life there are some times you'll be doing well and he'll still cut you back there's sometimes he'll be pleased with you and still cut you back and so cutting you back is not all about being dis uh, disciplinary actions from the point of view that he's displeased with you he understand you grow better when you're cut and trimmed i want you to understand this is how he activates fruitfulness in our lives he want us to grow he wants to grow beyond any aspects of our flesh let's read galatians 5 and 19 through 23 so you can see some of the things we have to deal with um, in our flesh in order to overcome it through the spirit galatians 5 19 to 23 it says now the works of the flesh are manifest which are these adultery fornication uncleanness 
lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. These are all the fruit, you can say, of the flesh, all right? So even the flesh has fruit. That's why our focus is to produce good fruit. So he said, even your flesh will cut up and produce fruit. And this is what the fruit of the flesh looks like, all right? There's a list, all right? He says, of, uh, he says, of which I told you before, as I have also told you in times past, that they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So we have a war in our lives to not do the things that um, displease the Lord. We have a war in our life. You and I have a war. Anybody who's not warring ever, I'm not sure that you're saved. Anytime you are saved, you're going to have some type of war and some type of temptation, all right? But one of the ways that we know that we are in the uh, in, in the will of the Lord is that we wrestle the Bible said we wrestle not against flesh and blood but it means that we wrestle so you and I will have fights we will have seasons and moments you will even have seasons where you're more tempted in those seasons than in other seasons you will have seasons where you feel like the devil just chasing you down beating you down on every track you can't catch a break you will have a season all right but I'm telling you we who understand that we allow the flesh and the fruit of the flesh to manifest in our lives we will not inherit the kingdom of God here's verse 22 but the fruit of the spirit alright so now the spirit has fruit alright so one of the ways we know listen here clearly one of the ways we know Christians and believers over time is based on fruit now don't start telling me that people are Christian and they never have fruit that manifests that they are Christian come on you are faking by name only one of the things we know that this tree is an apple tree is it's going to bear apples and it can't keep telling me it's an apple tree it cannot keep telling me I'm an apple tree I'm an apple tree I'm an apple tree somebody can write apple on the tree but until that tree bears the fruit of apples we don't know that, that that's truly an apple tree and let's say it is an apple tree but it's never bearing the fruit of an apple tree uh, an apple oh, don't don't we have to conclude that something's wrong with the tree don't we have to conclude that this tree that is planted in the ground and is never bearing fruit don't we have to agree that something is wrong with the tree come on don't we have to say that a fruit bearing tree uh, uh, never prevent never but bear fruit don't we have to conclude that something is wrong and we may need to start over do this thing again don't we have to conclude something come on come on we got to get to a place that we understand one of the ways that we show forth that we are God's children is that we bear the fruit of the spirit you ought to have some fruit that you're connected to Christ let's get to this fruit the first one is love how can you say that you love God and you hate your enemy or that you hate your brother come on the Bible says you cannot do that because the Bible says for God so loved the world the world is everybody people who like him people don't like him atheists people who don't care for him but he loved the world so much that he gave his son so love is the fruit of the spirit joy come on you ought to have joy sometimes you can't keep telling me that you are saved and never have no joy come on you ought to be happy you ought to have some joy and I'm not talking about happiness well let me say that we're not happiness happiness has to do with what's happening 
Happiness has to do with what's happening. And I'm not saying you ought not to be happy, but you can't live based on what's happening, all right, or based on happenstance. Joy is something deeper. It means I could be going through what's happening, but yet I got a praise, yet I got good attitude, yet I'm still optimistic, yet I still believe that I'm living with hope. That's joy, all right? That's joy. I got joy. I got peace, all right? Peace doesn't mean that you're not having trials or tribulation. Peace is an inner thing that God has settled it all. Peace, that's the fruit of the Spirit. Long-suffering. Long-suffering means that you can hang on in there. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Yes, God expects you to hang on in there. Yes, God expects you to deal with certain things. Yes, God expects you to endure hardness as a good soldier. That's fruit. You ought to bear fruit that God's in me. And I'm not giving up till it's over. I can wait until I see the salvation of the Lord. I can wait till my season comes. I can wait. I won't settle for less. I won't settle for things that's not God's will. I won't settle. I won't be anxious for nothing. But I will have long suffering. I'll hold out till it comes. Even our whole experience of being saved right now is about long suffering. We have to deal with everything in this world until our time comes for us to either pass away and go to heaven or Jesus comes to rapture us. But it's about long suffering. Tell somebody, you're going to hold on sometime. You're going to hold on all right gentleness all right that's a way of treating people you have to be gentle sometimes all right gentle gentleness should come out of your spirit goodness you ought to be good all right ought to be good a fruit of the spirit good fruit of the spirit good all right faith come on you keep talking about you saved and you love god and you don't have faith for nothing come on yo come on yo your connectivity to christ as divine y'all gotta hold on to these scriptures i've given your connectivity to christ that should produce faith you ought to believe that your life going to turn out all right. You ought to believe that God's going to take you to the next place. You ought to believe that God's with you, walking with you. Come on, walking with you. Though, uh, though I walk through the valleys of the shadows of death, I will not fear no evil for thou art with me. That's faith. I don't have to be afraid while I'm walking through dangerous times because I'm confident that I'm not alone. You are with me. Faith. You ought to have faith. Come on, you got saved by faith. Come on, you ought to live by faith. You ought to walk by faith. 23 says the fruit is meekness. Meekness is strength under control. It means you should have some level of self-control. You should be you should be working to have fruit of meekness, self-control, all right? Temperance, all right? The self-control, all right? Meekness and temperance. It goes with your attitude. Meekness focuses more on your attitude and temperance focuses more on your decisions, all right? Temperance and your temper, all right? Your temper. You should have temperance. Be able to balance things in your life. Against such, there is no law. It means nothing can stop you if you bear the fruit of the Spirit. I want to show you that Christ expects us to bear the fruit of the spirit let's go to first corinthians 6 9 through 11 first corinthians 6 9 through 11 it says know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of god be not deceived don't be deceived don't be deceived that people who live according to the fruit of the flesh is going to inherit the kingdom of god don't don't think that god accepts people just because they know god is real see we, we get confused about this kind of stuff we get confused about the kind of stuff 
Knowing God is real is not the qualifier. It's only one part. Knowing God is real is the first uh, recognition that there is a God. After that, he wants us to live for him and to live according to his ways, all right? It's not a knowledge thing that's uh, primary. It's a lifestyle thing, all right? So know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. No, you know, that ain't going to happen. Be not deceived. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not, it's not going to happen. I'm sorry. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor uh, idolaters or adulterers nor effeminate nor abusers of themselves with mankind nor thieves nor covetous nor drunkards nor rivalers nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God all right no he that's not what he wants that's not the fruit because we are believers he knows that we can live above the fruit of the flesh and verse 11 which is one of my favorite little verses in all of that is one of my favorite little little parts that little one part in verse 11 and such were some of you I love it I just love it it means that we all got testimonies but because of Christ we are ex something all right but you were washed but you were sanctified but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of God it means I God has an expectation no matter what our vice was no matter what our struggle is there is an expectation that you can be delivered and set free somebody say you can you can be delivered I know I, I grew up in a church they will say phrases like this they will say phrases like this um, you will not leave here the way you came in Jesus name they will say phrases like that which means that they believe the power of Christ will bring a tangible change to your life you will not leave the way you came in Jesus name they will say things like be free be set delivered be delivered and be set free they will say little cliches like that be free be delivered be set free they they had expectation that God can bring you out of it all they had expectation that God can change you that you don't have to be an alcoholic all your life you don't have to be struggling all the life that Christ can take struggle out of you they believe that type of expectation hallelujah that Christ and through prayer and through fellowship and through reading his word that you will know always you will not be an adulterer you will not be a fornicator you will not be an abuser of mankind you will not be in you will not be a thief you will not be covetous or a drunkard they believe by through the word and the presence of God that Jesus will change your actions and Jesus will change your behavior and I believe one of my goals my focuses in this season is to raise up that standard hallelujah to raise it up that it's possible to raise it up that we can aim for it come on if you keep telling people they can't ever do anything hallelujah if you you know you can't ever live right if you keep telling people they can't live right they can't do something guess what they mostly mostly may live down to the words that you've spoken to them come on but when you start telling them you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you if you keep telling them that God is with you to do his good pleasure in you if you keep speaking God's word sooner or later you start getting control and say I don't want to live this way I don't want to be doing this why even if I liked it he doesn't like it even if I got some enjoyment out of it it displeases him and sooner or later your conviction for pleasing God becomes greater than your drive to please yourself and that's where God want us to be is to the place that there is an expectation for us to come out of anything I need you to declare I can come out of anything anything nothing has me nothing can hold me back because of Christ I can come out of anything I wanted to use these foundational scriptures 
to really make us understand how I'm viewing Mark, the eighth verse, uh, the eighth chapter. I want you to see how I'm viewing Mark, the eighth chapter, verse 22. I'm seeing it as a man who has a dilemma, which is blindness. This man has a dilemma, which is blindness, and they bring this man to Jesus. Jesus is the deliverer, and they bring this man to Jesus. One of the things I've been studying in my time with um, over lately is just the impact that Jesus has on people's lives. The reason they bring people to Jesus is because Jesus has a reputation of being able to help who they bring when they bring them him to him when they bring them to him. They, he has that reputation. Jesus had a reputation. Number one, he would go to people, right? So he would get out into the cities. He would walk through the roads, go down Damascus, go down Jericho, and he would go to people, set them free, deliver them. As a result of their testimonies, people were here. Oh, I could be set free. Oh. I don't have to be blind on my life. Oh, I don't have to be stricken with this. And that word would travel. His reputation as a deliverer would travel. And then those people were in their homes suffering. They would come out of their homes and believe that the same Christ that delivered John John can deliver Mary Sue. And Mary Sue would say, I don't have to live like this. And so here's a blind man that they say, let me take you to Jesus because Jesus has a reputation of changing people's sight. And I've been studying that how Jesus just was a deliverer and he would walk through healing people, relieving them of their oppressions and relieving them of the things that were causing them to be overcome and not live their best life. They bring this man to Jesus and they besought him to touch him. Let me just teach the scripture. And they besought him to touch him. It even shows the importance of touch all right because many times when jesus would do breakthrough ministry or deliverance ministry he did a lot of it not only by his word of mouth but he also did it by touch he would many times lay his hands on people he would connect with people lay his hands on wherever they were dealing with an issue he would lay his hands and touch and so they knew that many times things um he was able to impart and transfer power by his touch all right and it's just like if you can just touch him if you can just touch him or he touch you you will be set free verse 23 and he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town now that's a problem many times to get out of what you're in many times god has to get you out of what you're in i know i just flipped that around but to get you out of what you're in many times he had to get you out of what you're in now this this is really a problem situation one of the things about a person who is blind one of the things they get comfortable in their surroundings and they can move around in a place they're familiar with but if you take a blind person out of an environment where they are not familiar with now they got problems it is just the right design jesus grabbed the man by the hand lord help me to teach like a preacher that want to teach and preach a little bit he took the blind man by the hand i love this because many times if you're going to help somebody through their deliverance or through their breakthrough we need some more people to be hand holding meaning i'm in fellowship with you i'm not just pointing at you get better man get better i'm in fellowship i'm in communication with you i can relate what it is to struggle it's a hand holding walking you through it it's called discipleship it's called honesty and integrity where we walk together he grabs this man by the hand but he takes him to a place where he's unfamiliar why he wants to teach him to depend on him and many times to get a breakthrough in the area you gotta get out 
out of the circle you are accustomed to. Many times people want to change and get rid of the fruit of the flesh but don't change their friends. You don't understand that many times the friends you have help you stay bound. Let me say that. The friends you have help you stay stuck. Help you stay where you are. I'm telling you when God started delivering me and helping my character and helping me become a better person for him through Christ he kept talking to me about who I talk to and who I spend time with because certain conversations they will have will only cause me to be more ignited in my flesh and I was good for a few days without talking to them but the moment I talked to them I was good and I don't know about y'all but I was one of the persons I love I love to go to a good old party I love to get into some good dance flow and I'm talking about and I know some of y'all say I ain't bothered when I hear that kind of music but that's you I'm bothered when I hear certain things that's why everything can't go in my ear gates I'm saved I'm pastoring and preaching and certain things still bother that's y'all y'all go ahead with that y'all keep faking like nothing that don't bother me you just as stuck as you want to be you just as stuck as you were two years ago there are things that you can't keep listening to stuff and thinking that thing ain't going you can't even keep listening to cussing if you don't cuss today stay around a cusser for two weeks and see what happened something gonna get mad and beep, 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 beep. you done went across and you done cussed somebody out why because you done partake you are what you eat and you're gonna put out whatever's in you and if you keep intaking cuss words you're gonna say oh what i came from it came from what you've been listening to y'all keep acting like y'all just some heroic people who can go into go into a smoke filled atmosphere and not come out smelling like smoke what's wrong with you that's what's wrong people act like they ain't bothered about nothing I keep telling you I'm saved sanctified filled with the Holy Ghost and there are things I don't watch some things that, oh Jesus turn the channel there are things I can't see it messes my spirit up it messes y'all see, see what I'm saying See what I'm saying? People understand why they ain't bound. Sometimes you got to change your environment. He takes this man out of town. Let me get you out of the environment that is used to helping you be blind. But I'm going to get you to a place where I'm going to show you how to live in freedom. But let me get you out of this place. I'm right here. And when he had spit on his eye. Now, I don't understand totally why he did that, but he did it. He spit in his eyes. And I'll tell you something. If you want to see, you allow Jesus spit in your eyes too. If you want blind, I'll take a little spit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It talks to you. I'll take a little bit. I'll take a little. You know what? The spit ain't going to last long. I can wipe that spit out after he finished with it and say, Lord, I wish I ain't never had to go through it. What it says to me, listen here while I'm trying to teach. It says that many times breakthrough and deliverance is ugly it says that it is inconvenient hallelujah it is very inconvenient but I'd rather be inconvenienced for a moment in order to get my freedom back I'd rather I'd rather be inconvenienced for a moment and I'm not an advocate for spitting in nobody's eyes I'm not saying I'm about to walk up to nobody and spit in their eyes I'm not saying anything of that nature Jesus spit in his eyes and Jesus can spit in my eyes if he want to spit in me if it's going to bring me out spit on me uh, I, I know spit seems like an insult but if it's going to bring me some breakthrough spit on my eyes if you got to do that to make me better see and people who don't want to go through any inconvenience will never be able to be changed never go through breakthrough never get through that process because they refuse to be inconvenienced Jesus spits on this man's eyes put his hands upon him and here it is he asked him if he saw aught. in other words I want to know do you see right This is the moment of breakthrough and deliverance. This question, do you see right? Because if you don't see right, you can't walk right. It's impossible for you to walk right if you don't see right. 
If I took somebody right now and blindfolded them and told them to walk down these steps right here to my right and pulled them back here and said, I need you to walk off this stage. I'm going to blindfold you. And when I blindfold them, because they can't see right, they can't walk right. Every step towards these steps to my right, they're going to be walking very slow. Like, well, now where's the, where's the step? Hey, they're going to be walking very slow. See, they can't even walk right. They can't even walk with confidence. They can't walk with confidence because they can't see. They don't know, they don't know where the step is. And they think they know how deep the step is. They, they know. And they get here and they're trembling to go down the steps. Why? They can't see. I'm trying to tell you, if you can't see right in your spiritual life, you can't walk right. If you don't see God right as a deliverer, you can't never have it. If you don't see yourself right, you can't never. If you don't see yourself as being able to go for the goal, if you don't see yourself as being blessed, if you don't see yourself being able to raise your family, if you don't see yourself walking in peace, if you feel like you got to always have a temper tantrum, if you feel like you always got to be panicked attack if you always see yourself that way if you don't see yourself overcoming this addiction you will never be able to walk right you will never have confidence so he asked the man the profound question a question of integrity a question of honesty can you see clearly many times because of christianity and the way people preach and teach we teach people to lie right here we ask them how you living holy well just be honest no i'm having some challenges See, we need an atmosphere where people can be honest and still walk towards faith and walk towards deliverance and walk towards help and not be condemned. Come on, that's why the spirit of condemnation has to move out of our midst. And we have to be able to build and encourage people, right? So people can be honest. Jesus asked, man, do you see all? It means, like, this is what it means. Do you see like I touched you, I, Jesus? Do you see like the Redeemer touched you? Do you see like you've been in contact with Jesus? Do you see clearly? I need to know. Do you see right? Do you see clearly? Are you going to be able to walk right after this? Are you going to be able to walk right without settling? Are you going to be able to walk right? That's the question. He looked up and said, I see men as trees. This is very profound. He says, no. I don't see right. I see some men, but they look like trees. She said, no, I can't have you walking around thinking when you see a man, you see a tree. Because it means when you see a tree, you're going to think you see a man. And could you see, I know y'all know I'm kind of figurative and imaginative, but could you see this man sitting right next to a tree all day just talking to it? What y'all going to say when that man sitting there talking to a tree? You're going to say he out of his mind? And, and, you, and you're going to come on and say, John, what you doing? Oh, I'm talking to, I'm talking to Bob. No, you ain't. You're talking to a tree. What? That's, that ain't, that ain't. No, because he can't see clearly. He's still. Now, he's still in the wrong place at the wrong time, wasting time because he couldn't see. The profound question is, can you see clearly? And Jesus wants an honest answer for our lives for us to be able to get fruit. See, you can't ever get to fruitfulness without honesty and integrity. Honestly, the expectation to, to bring forth fruit. You know, I think the worst people many times when I hire people, I tell people all the time, we don't do guesswork over here. This is one of my phrases I use at work. We don't do guesswork. We're too intelligent. We got manuals. We got procedures. We got people who know this stuff for you to do guesswork. You know, you get an error. You do them do something right. Why you do that? Well, I thought. I didn't need you to think or thought that. No, you don't have to guess around here. We get things right because we got procedures and you can ask questions. You ain't got to stumble over here. You ain't got to look like you're intelligent. You ain't got to act like you're smarter than you really are. There's somebody in this 
displays that can help you succeed. Just open your mouth when you have a question and ask it. I don't need you getting errors on reports and everybody wondering what's going on because you're doing subpar work when you could have asked the question. No, 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 no. There are people here who can assist you. I didn't, I didn't invite, I didn't hire you because you knew everything. I hired you because you had the potential to be trained. But if you keep telling me or acting as if you know it all, then I'm going to back away thinking you trained. But then when I come for my fruit, I don't get what I wanted. But the whole time you say, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I know what? You didn't know that. You should have been speaking up and be honest about where you are in your life. Jesus asked this man, do you see clearly? I'm pausing. I'm slowing down. I'm trying to drive the spirit of deception, the spirit of the lie, the spirit of acting like you're further than you are out of you. I'm trying. If you can start being honest where you are, then you can move up to the expectation of fruitfulness. This is the breakthrough. This is the bridge. We want to know, do you see clearly? No, I see men as trees. Do you see, here it is, here it is, verse 25, trees walking. That's, that's already problematic too. As trees walking, trees ain't got no business walking. Trees are supposed to be planted. He all messed up. Can't see. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. Put his hands on his eyes, made him look up, and he was restored and saw every man clearly. I love this scripture because it says to us, if Jesus has to touch us again for us to be made better, touch us again. It don't have to be a one-time experience for you to move to the expectation of fruitfulness. If you need multiple applications of Christ, if you need prayer again to be better, get prayer again. He touched him again. Jesus didn't say, you don't know who I am? See, this is, this is the part of the gospel we just got to get out of the church so people can grow. Jesus don't say, you don't know who I am? I'm Jesus. And because I'm Jesus, I touch you one time and every Jesus, Jesus don't get caught up in the ego trip. He says, can you see? The man says, no, I see men walking the trees. He touches him again. No problem. No problem getting another touch. He gets another touch. And then after that, he's able to see clearly. He says, look up. And the man is able to see clearly and go about his life. I'm trying to say this to us. If we're going to be fruitful, we're going to have to be honest. And we're going to move into places of fruitfulness. We got the fellowship. We got to stay connected. But we got to be honest about where we are. It's time for us to go for the goal. It's time for us to grow into fruitfulness from where we are. And many of us got different weaknesses and strengths. But we don't have to hide. We don't have to fake. We don't have to be hypocritical. We can say in this area here, Christ, is where I need some strength. And we can make ourselves available so we can move across the bridge and meet the expectation to be fruitful. I want you to understand that God expects fruit on your tree. God expects you to have some love, have some joy, have some faith, have some meekness. He expects it. No, he expects it. He expects it. If you're going to be Christ, be Christian, a believer, he expects it. We can no longer allow the Christian to be barren. We can no longer allow the Christian to be unfruitful. He expects fruit on our tree. Even if it's small fruit, you got to still have some fruit. <laughs> I'm not even dealing with the size of your fruit, you know, because you know everybody want to be big. But be small before you can be big. Just, just if you got a little bit of love, just say I got a little bit of love right now. I got a little bit, but it's love. I tell you what, it's a little bit. It ain't no big fruit. Amen. I only get, I only get love a few, few things, but I'm loving it right now, and I'm gonna grow this little bit of fruit I have. It may not be big, but but you may still produce it. If you producing small fruit right now, produce small fruit. Love is still love. Joy is still joy. There is an expectation, and we got to raise this expectation. With balance, with humility, with love. And I love this scripture. I love it. He didn't walk away from this blind man. 
He didn't say, what's wrong with you? He didn't condemn him. He held his hand, walked him out of town, applied the deliverance steps, applied the healing, and asked him again, do you see men clearly? And that moment of honesty and that moment of bridge was everything. I'm telling you life, many times you grow better when you start being honest about where you are. You'll see your fruit just really just move into the place you need to be. You don't have to hide. We don't have to fake over here. We don't fake it till we make it. The altar is for the sinner and the saint. The Bible says, come boldly before the throne of grace that you may find help, obtain mercy in a time of need. We don't have to fake it till we make it. That's not our role. That's not how we do. Christ is with us. Christ is helping us. He's with us, convicting us of right and wrong, helping us to walk through life, improving us. I'm not here today because I got it right the first time. Somebody kept, there's an expectation of fruitfulness in my life. Somebody helped remind me that Christ wanted better for me. I'm not here today because I didn't get anything wrong. I'm here today because I stayed in the fight. I stopped making excuses for where I was weak. I just was honest about it. I stopped acting like it, things didn't bother me. I already said that. I stopped acting like I couldn't be tempted. <laughs> I understand some of y'all. Some of y'all are stronger than the strongest men and women of God at fast every day. Because you say nothing bother you. Things that you see don't bother you. Things that you hear don't bother you. Things bother me. Things I hear bother me. Bothers my soul. Bothers my emotions. So I try to plant myself in right company, right places. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Will you lift your hands? I feel like you're helping us. Now, number four, I want to push you to produce fruit and to go for the gold. I believe I'm going to live out every aspect of my life that God called me to live. I'm pushing people to not go around the wilderness for 40 years like the children of Israel. They had a promise that was sure. But they wouldn't do what was necessary to move through. It took them forever, forever to get where God wanted them to be because they were too much flesh, carnality in a way. I want to coach. I want to mentor. I want to push. I want to be in your corner. I want to preach this gospel until the fruit of it just jumps on your tree. Next thing you know, my God, strength is coming to you. Hallelujah. Keep your hands lifted. Feel God's grace and anointing and peace coming on you guys, coming on you all like never before. I love you dearly and I'm preaching somebody today. Somebody going to say, how in the world you got that strong? I kept trusting Christ. How you overcame that? I kept trusting, trusting Christ. I had a problem with this. I had a problem with lying, but I kept trusting Christ. I had a problem with adultery, but I kept trusting Christ. Some of you going to have great testimonies. I had a problem with this, but I kept trusting Christ in my flesh. I had a problem with this, but I kept trusting Christ. I kept asking him to trust, to forgive me again. I kept asking him to cleanse me again. I kept asking him to take this out of me, give these feelings and these emotions under control. Give me self-control. Give me temperance. I kept praying for it. I didn't give up. I kept stretching for the expectation to produce fruit. He said if I stay connected to the vine and abide in him, that I'll bear much fruit. I kept believing I could overcome. I didn't allow substance abuse, alcoholism, I didn't allow it. I didn't allow my past. I didn't allow it. I didn't like my anxiety to overwhelm me. I just believe I can live a day without being panicked. I believe I can live a day without being overwhelmed. I believe the word. And I believe the presence of Jesus is here right now to heal you and to set you free. Wherever you are, you ought to be lifting your hands. Hallelujah. I feel the anointing. 
I feel the anointing to heal that he will heal and he will deliver I feel the anointing that even as many of you will confess your sins and repent and be honest and say God help me I feel God's grace and mercy will come to you God's love will reach out and touch you and there's going to be fruit on your tree and people going to want to know how you did he said I was honest about it and God began to help me overcome he began to help me grow I'm going to have everything God told me I can have in this earth I'm telling you guys I don't know how to say it other way that I'm saying I'm going to have the whole life the whole life I will live my whole life that he's ordained for me to have every part of it I'm not going to complain whatever I got to do I'm going after it it may not happen tomorrow but I'm in the drive towards my destiny. I'm going to accomplish everything God has spoken me to do in this earth. Every single person I'm ordained to touch, everything I'm ordained to do, I'm going to do it. I'm not gonna miss my destiny. I'm not gonna miss my calling. I'm not gonna allow fear to drive my life. I'm not gonna allow bad counsel to drive my life. I'm going to get everything God wants me to have. And you are too. And there's a grace and there's an anointing and there's a strength coming into your footing and coming to your spirit. Even as God took Adam and blew into his spirit, I feel wind coming to your spirit. It's going to allow you to function to your best ability. When I say wind, I'm talking about the spirit of God. He will give you inner strength. The Bible says be strengthened in your inner man. Your inner man, that's a being, the being of Christ. Be strengthened in your soul and in your emotion and I'm praying for you today I'm praying for those who are accepting Christ today if you're joining with us right there in the timeline we want to pray for you say I want to be saved we'll pray for you by the blood of Jesus all you got to do confess your sins and receive the blood that was paid for your sins hallelujah glory to God I feel such an anointing to heal and to minister to you glory to God and father I pray for your people today I stretch my hands towards them that power will become available to them places where they've been stumbling and tripping up God you will strengthen their walk help them to see clearly see what they could be see what they can do through Christ's power father help us to trust you with our whole hearts our whole being help us not to lean, help us to lean not to our own understanding Help us, God. Help us to come out of whatever cycles of circles and habitual things to try to keep us from being our best selves. This is our season to go for the gold. This is our time to live our best life through Christ Jesus. We praise you for deliverance belongs to us. Healing is the children's bread. We declare over our minds, put your hand on your mind, your head. As We declare our minds should be able to think and do and function. We'll have self-control. We'll be able to see ourselves functioning at a higher level. Come on, we can do this. Uh, we see ourselves at new levels. We can see it. Because you can't obtain nothing you don't see. I see myself doing it. I see myself walking in it. I have the ability to do and to function. Come on, we lay our hands on our heads. Our thinking capacity. It's touched by God. Our thinking capacity, the way we perceive things and see perception, see things. Our thinking capacity is touched by God. 
we see ourselves with the ability to do it because of Christ is in us and he told us that he wanted us to bear much fruit and we thank you for a tree with much fruit in the name of the Lord Jesus we declare that we are blessed if you're blessed go ahead and put your hands together and bless him come on bless him hallelujah we hope you've been blessed by this fresh word from Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. Pastor Joseph Davis and the congregation invite you to join them. You can find more information by following them on social media. Just look up Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. And we pray that God will bless you richly and abundantly in the coming days, knowing that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. <laughs>